0: at nolacookery.com, it's always a great time on Bourbon Street at Old New Orleans Cookery. to another edition of Inside New Orleans. I'm your host, Eric Asher, 106.1 FM NASH icon on your radio dial. Bringing you home each and every afternoon, after weekday afternoon from 4 to 6. iHeartRadio Radio app, TuneIn Radio app, great way to take the show with you anywhere. You also check, in, check out our podcast there. NASH FM 106.1 and ericasher.com on the World Wide Web. Our podcast is everywhere. Anchor's our home base, but we're on your favorite podcasting platform. Also... Don't forget about the award-winning Inside New Orleans Sports. Garland Gillen of Fox 8 Sports was our guest today. Uh, we covered it all. Saints, LSU, Tulane, Pelicans. Uh, we covered uh, college basketball. We covered the uh, recruiting uh, for both LSU and Tulane. All that on the program tonight, 6 o'clock, is your first chance to be able to check, catch our rebroadcast on WLAE. 10 o'clock on the Deuce, that's WLA-TV 2. Friday night, 9 o'clock, Pelican Sports Television, 10 o'clock on uh TV, Saturday at 2 a.m. on the Deuce and 5 p.m. every Saturday afternoon on Pelican Sports Television. Garland Gillen of Fox 8 Sports, our guest. At Eric underscore Asher on Twitter, Eric Asher on Facebook. Inside New Orleans Show on Instagram is uh, where you'll catch the program this evening. I'll have that posted up for you guys as soon as they drop that over at W-L-E-T-V. Uh, our program today features... Um, Will Gillery at 4:15 from the Athletic talking Pels. Gary Smith of the Wave Report, and NOLA.com, the Times Unit and the Advocate at 4:40 uh, to talk some Tulane UNO, uh, also Loyola, uh, and uh, we'll get into um, uh, the uh, Super Bowl, and also we'll talk some Saints with uh, Glenn Gilbo of US, of I'm oh, sorry, of OutKick.com at. Um, A little bit after uh, 5 o'clock, about 5.15, and we finish up with Mike Triplett talking Saints and Super Bowl uh, from ESPN. uh, And that'll happen uh, at uh, uh, 5.35 this afternoon. Today's program brought to you by the Oceana Family of Restaurants, Oceana Grill, Mambos, uh, Old New Orleans Cookery. Also, again, Bobby Bear's Cajun Cannon Restaurant. Uh, Don't forget about Old New Orleans Cookery title sponsor for this half hour of, of our program. Get out there and enjoy a great meal at Old New Orleans Cookery. Uh, again, 205 Bourbon Street. They are still selling tickets to the Bourbon Street balcony. They have um, they have not one but two Bourbon Street balconies at uh, uh, Old New Orleans Cookery, which is on the 200 block of Bourbon Street, where a lot of action happens during the Mardi Gras season. Open late every, every day, single day, seven days a week for lunch and dinner. You can have an incredible cocktail, uh, a great, great wine and beer selection, uh, Cajun Creole cuisine like you've never had anywhere else. And, of course, you can dine in, in, in an authentic French Quarter courtyard. Uh, They've got beautiful picture windows that overlook Bourbon Street on, on the first floor. where You can dine there. Also, again, don't forget, as I mentioned, two Bourbon Street balconies with adjoining private rooms. You can dine there, have your next event. And, of course, you can always order online and find out more about their menu at nolacookery.com. Great, great place to again close business deal, friends, family. Uh, you looking to do do a little date night, or again, perfect for for the Mardi Gras season because they're they right there, about uh, two blocks off uh, Canal Street for where the where the parades will be passing. Perfect opportunity for you to enjoy Old New Orleans cooking. It's always a great time on Bourbon Street at Old New Orleans Cookery. All right, again, uh, today's program is brought to you by uh, the Oceana family of restaurants, Oceana Grill. Mambo's, Bobby Bear's Cajun and restaurant, and the aforementioned old New Orleans cookery. All right, uh, a lot to talk about today as uh, as we, um, we we roll forward. Uh, again, the trading deadline is passed. Uh, with only the Pelicans making the one deal, uh, but a blockbuster deal nevertheless. Again, C.J. McCollum comes over. Uh, it was interesting, uh, his comments today to the media, and we'll talk to Will about that as soon as we get him on the line, uh, that he was involved in the trade talks every step of the way. So, again, once again, as we talked culture yesterday, right, we talked about Willie Green, we talked about how he's changed the culture. We're within, within, again, We're not even at the all-star break yet, and the culture's been changed. It's unprecedented to have players that have been traded sitting in the stands watching their former teammates play, and then, of course, the embraces after after the, um, after the game. And despite the national narrative that, again, this is a graveyard for, for, for basketball here in New Orleans, seems to be alive and well under Willie Green. Uh, you look at uh, the, the situation with C.J. McCollum coming in. He's expected to start tonight against the Miami Heat uh, in, in the Smoothie King Center. Unfortunately, Larry Nance Jr. has a knee injury. They made the deal uh, despite that. He's got, a, he's got another year on his deal, somewhere between six and eight weeks after he has surgery, so maybe he, he is back in time for uh, the playoffs as, as the Pelicans make a playoff run. Uh, and, of course, Snell ex- expected to be on, on the floor tonight for them as well. Um, Really good deal for, for David Griffin. Uh, I hated to lose Josh Hart. We talked about Nikhil Alexander-Walker. I think of a tremendous upside. By the way, he has been moved from the Portland Trailblazers to, the, to, uh, to Utah. Uh, so, again, he should flourish in, in that particular system. Uh, but um, at the same time, the Pells got better, significantly better, uh, with C.J. McCollum coming in, uh, Snell, who a guy that they, they can hit the, hit the three-point shot, even though he's been slumping a, a, a bit. But uh, not having Larry Nance, it'd be interesting to see, again, how that kind of plays out. All right, without further ado, let's head to the guest line. Join us on the program, he's been everywhere. He's been on every road trip. I think he's hit every um, um, uh, NBA arena, but maybe just a couple. And it's been a really busy week, but we appreciate his time. New Orleans' own Will Guillory of uh, The Athletic joins us on the program. Will, how are you?
1: I'm doing well, man. I actually have two arenas left that I haven't crashed off my list, Orlando and uh Atlanta, unfortunately, I already missed the Orlando trip this year, so I won't be able to do orlando until next year, but I'm getting close i'm I'm almost at the full thirty which is a, which will be a big accomplishment for me that
0: for is sure. a huge accomplishment and that's a lot and that's in that's in a covid world as well right <laughs> having yeah, to make exactly. those trips yeah, yeah no it doubt. ain't
1: easy for sure but no, it I'm ain't easy
0: that's for sure that is for sure no doubt well, good to have you back my friend first of all let let's talk a little bit about um what transpired uh, after the trade with, um, with Nikhil Alexander-Walker and Josh Hart being in the stands, um, Hart wearing the Ingram jersey, the embraces after. And, look, I can't stand the national narrative, Will. I'm telling you, it, it frustrates, frustrates me to no end to hear the national talking heads talking about basketball here in New Orleans and now, again, kind of kind of going that way with the Saints now with Sean Payton leaving. Um, it's pretty obvious to anyone that's watching what's going on here. In a short period of time, we're not even to the All-Star break yet. Willie Green has changed the culture in New Orleans. It's made—I want to say—it's a destination. But when C.J. McCollum tells you guys at the at at, um, at the presser this morning that I was involved in this trade every step of the way, and he chose to come here, that tells you something about the imprint that Willie Green is putting on this team. No doubt.
1: and I mean, what we saw in that game on Tuesday was something I- I've never seen before. You know, I've been watching basketball my whole life. I've never seen guys get traded from a team in the morning and at night they're sitting courtside watching that team cheering them on. <laughs> Usually these things are pretty ugly, especially in the case of Josh Hart, where He just resigned with the Pelicans last summer and, and they end up trading them less than a year later. Nikhil Alexander Walker, I can tell he did not take the trade did not take the trade very well, was not happy about leaving, was really upset, had to be, you know, consoled, you know, that morning of the trade because he was so upset about leaving New Orleans. And those guys were still here to, to you know, support their, what the, who they call their brothers. And that's what they're building here. They're, they're building a brotherhood with those guys. And you hit it on the head, and it all starts with Willie Green. Uh, the, the job he's done. You know, uniting this team, getting everybody pushing in the right direction, making everybody believe that this is a spot where you want to be, where they can build something bigger. Uh, I, I think he's done an, a, an incredible job with this group, and it's been a home run hire for, for David Griffin. We've criticized him a lot, rightfully so, for some sure. of the stuff he's done, but the Willie Green hire may be the best thing he's done since he's come to the world.
0: I don't think there's any doubt. Uh, you look at, again, just the transformation of that locker room. Uh, look, I'm sure they liked um, Alvin Gentry, but there wasn't really a culture there. Uh, you look at the situation with um, Stan Van Gundy. There was no culture. Again, there was there was almost a revolt from day one. Uh, but to be able to come in as, as a rookie head coach, start 1-12, these guys, again, uh, keep chopping wood. And and then of course you see how tight they are. There's a true love between these these players. And look, you know culture. We've been talking about culture with the Saints now, for, with uh, with Sean Payton for 16 years, and how that transformed that franchise. I think the Pells are well on their way with this transformation with Willie Green. And uh, again, CJ McCollum coming to New Orleans, I, I think again um, uh, denotes that. I think it, again, I think it tells everybody loud and clear that things have changed here in New Orleans.
1: Yeah, and once you build a culture, it results in stuff like what happened with C.J., right? You, you, you mapped it out where, you know, he, he did so much in Portland and, and they had so much history there. They were willing to converse with him about what his next move was going to be, where he wanted to go. And he pointed out New Orleans because, of he, you know, he has a very close relationship with Chris Paul. Both of those guys were high-ranking officers within the NBA, PA. And, and, and you know, he Chris Paul talked to C.J. about how, Uh, what type of guy Willie is and the way he runs the show and how how much respect he has throughout the league. And and I think CJ is really excited about getting to play for Willie and just being a part of this young group and and what they're building. I think, you know, he was really excited about this opportunity and he's excited about what they're building here. And the fact that we're saying this, you know, less than a year after, you know, you and I had several conversations last year. Let's just say things were toxic last year. Out Absolutely. in that locker room, and the way the, the, the players were interacting with the staff, the way some guys wanted to be here, some guys were ready to go, some guys were more than one foot out the door, probably a foot and a half out the door mm-hmm. before the season even started. And now, I mean, I just, I just said it, guys were literally in tears a couple of days ago when they when they had to leave. Willie Green, speaking about Josh Hart and Nikhil, had tears in his eyes speaking about those guys because of the bond they've been able to build so quickly. And I think it says not only a lot about what Willie Green has already done, but where this team is headed because guys around the league are starting to notice. And once that happens, then you're going to see the talent start coming into the, into the building. And that's before we even see Zion Williamson back on the court. So if he comes back and he gets back to averaging 27 a game, I mean, it's a really bright future for this group. uh, No question.
0: You know, I'm, I'm like you, I I did not want to see Alexander Walker go nor, nor, nor uh, Josh Hart, but at the same time, uh, you know, of course, Satter was part of that deal and Didi Lozada and and, D. D. Lozada, uh, and, and uh, draft picks. But when I look at it on its face, I can't see anybody that analyzes NBA trades. Can I say that, the same, that, that again, when you look at this, you break it down, the Pels did not win this deal.
1: Yeah, I mean, you got to give up something to get something right. And as much as, you know, Josh Hart was a, a cornerstone in that locker room, no question. I, I think once they got up to that 1-12 and start, his his voice in the locker room was essential to make sure everybody was pulling in the same direction, make sure guys weren't splintering. Uh, I thought he was having the best season of his career this year in New Orleans, on and off the court. Uh, it was it was really tough for everybody in that locker room to lose it, especially a guy like Brandon Ingram. BI's been with well, Josh Hart his entire career, basically. I know those guys are very close on and off the court, so it was tough to see him go. Uh, but I mean, to bring in a guy like CJ McCollum, I, I wrote it in my story after the trade. I think CJ, you can argue, is the best, the, the most talented offensive guard to play in New Orleans is Chris Paul. Uh, I mean, the guys that have his 20 mm-hmm. points per game seven years in a row. He's had games where he's put up 50. He's had games where he's carried the Portland Trail Blazers to playoff wins. Uh, I mean, that's not stuff we say too often about guards who play in New Orleans. I mean, we've gone through it year after year, the lack of guard play here. Uh, you know, even when Drew Holiday was here, there was frustrations about what he did offensively. We knew how great he was on defense. But offensively, there were times where it was like, man, can Drew carry that load as your main guard? There's no question CJ can be that guy. He can score. He can facilitate. He can lead for these guys. And it's a huge win to get that guy in here. And it's, he's not only going to the rise the level, but, again, he wants to be here. He wants to be a leader for this group. He wants to push them forward. So it's a huge win for this franchise. And it's going to be extremely fun to watch once he's on the court next to B.I. And the way those guys uh, you know, work together.
0: I agree. Now, Larry Nance out, got a, came here with a knee injury, which is unusual because you just have to pass a physical for a trade to go through. So there must have been an exception there. Uh, I, I've yeah, heard can, six can, to
1: eight uh, weeks. You can choose to waive the, the, the injury. Uh, right. you, can, you can choose to wave the physical if you want
0: to. Sure. Now, you expect him back on the court this this year? I mean, they talk at six to eight weeks. Would you put him close to the playoffs? Your, your thoughts? Because, look, I, I think he's a nice piece in that deal. Yeah, and I can
1: tell you that they they, they love him within the Pell's front office. Uh, we know David Griffin has his history with that Cleveland franchise. He's mm, still close right? with a lot of people there, and that's the type of guy they want, those virtual defenders, athletes, guys with playoff experience. They love Larry Nance, and I, I think there's no question he's going to be a part of this team you know, beyond this year. Uh, but I think this season is probably going to be tough for him to come back because he's been out for so long, and he's got like you said, another six to eight weeks. Coming off of that surgery, so I think it's going to be tough. I think the smart move probably will be just to slow play it, make sure he's ready for the start of next season. But I think there's no doubt he's going to be a part of this group uh, beyond the season, and, and they love the fit with him next to Zion, him playing with Jackson Hayes. So Jackson Hayes mm-hmm. you know, plans the floor more often the way we've seen lately, so they love what he brings character wise, locker room wise, and, and the fit on the court. I think it's going to be great once he's back healthy.
0: Now, Tony Snell, again, had some issues in Portland in terms of his three-point shooting, but he tore it up in Atlanta last season. Um, Maybe a change of scenery is good for him, but, look, he can knock the three down, and he's got some length. Yeah, and and something that tells me, right, is that
1: size on the perimeter defensively, especially once you lose a guy like Josh Hart. So I I think he's going to be an immediate, you know, a role player within the rotation. I, I think he's going to have an impact with this team. Of course, it's going to come down to how many shots he can make on the perimeter. Can he be that guy who can knock down those corner threes? I think that's how you stay on the court. Uh, but he's going to get opportunities because he can defend multiple positions. He's been around. He, he's not scared of any type of matchup. So, yeah, I think he's going to be an important piece. And I think the Pels are going to continue to try to find guys like that, you know, with size, with length, mm-hmm. who could defend multiple positions. When you build a roster – with C.J. McCollum, with Devontae Graham in the backcourt, you're going to need some defensive guys to cover up their mistakes. And I think Tony Snell is just kind of the first piece and what we should expect to see from the Pels a lot, you know, within the next few months trying to add those type of guys to complement, you know, with the, what should be a really a potent offensive team moving forward.
0: Right, now Will Guillory of of the Athletic. Will, I want you to explain that to the audience because yes, the trading deadline is over, but now comes the buyouts, and the Pels have some exceptions they can use. Now they move from twenty eight to eighteenth in terms of again team payroll with with this deal, but but nevertheless they still have some cap room and they have some exceptions here that they can utilize. Right?
1: Yeah, they're definitely going to be involved in the in the buyout market, and again we said it already, which we'll is in the column. the the culture they're building with Willie Willie Green uh, moving the way he has and uh, what he's adding to this group. I I think you're going to see guys kind of circling this situation and say, hey, I might be interested in in joining what they got going on over there, especially if you start seeing these wins pile up. So uh, I think uh, they're going to be involved. Uh, Again, it's always difficult for a market like New Orleans to go after these guys because a lot of times these buyout guys just want to go to a situation where they can win a title. And I don't think that's happening anytime soon in New Orleans, but uh, again, if you're looking for an opportunity to play, if you want to be a mm-hmm. part of a culture that, that that's going to win. I think, right, uh, I think right. this is the type of
2: team that that
0: guys will be interested in. Internet went nuts today uh, again with a picture of uh, McCollum's um, uh, locker and 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 Zion having stuff on uh, piled on his chair in front. Uh, there are some that said that Zion is in town. Even McCollum told you guys that he's in Portland. What are you What are you hearing? Is he in town? I'm
1: not sure about him being in town or not. I know there are ongoing discussions about what's going on with him next. I think that, that announcement should be coming relatively soon. Uh, but, yeah, I think the plan is for him to be in New Orleans soon. I'm not sure if he's here yet. But, yeah, I think those discussions are ongoing about what's going to be the next steps for him, uh, which is going to be huge for the team, what happens with him next, if he ends up coming back, if not. Uh, but yeah, I think we're going to be hearing something involving Zion pretty soon. Sure. I'm
3: willing to
0: put money on that. All right, CJ McCollum starting tonight from, from against the Miami Heat. At least that's we we figure is going to happen. There's always a transition period when you bring in a, a guy that's going to be ball dominant like he is. But again, he's as good of a facilitator as he is a guy that's a shot maker. Talk about the transition with McCollum in this lineup now.
1: Yeah, I think the guy who's going to benefit the most, no question, is Brandon Ingram. We think. I've written, written, I think he's having the best season of his career this year. The numbers might not dictate it, but I think the way he's seeing the floor, the way he's kind of guiding this offense, despite seeing double teams every night, the way he's bringing the most out of everybody around him, I think we've seen him take that next step in his game as a star in this league. And now when you bring in a guy like CJ McCollum, it's going to be a whole lot more difficult to to throw those double teams at B.I. Uh, It's going to be a lot less stress. On his shoulders to carry the offense from night to night so i think those guys are going to work beautifully together they're both good on the ball off the ball i don't think that's going to be an issue whatsoever uh so i think it's going to be a seamless fit i think the big thing for cj coming into this situation and i think partially why he was interested in coming to new orleans is he's going to be asked to play a different role uh he you know in, in in portland he was a co-star next to Damian lillard always he was kind of the guy next to the guy and here in new Orleans. He's going to be the lead guard. He's going to be the guy guiding the offense. Of course, he's going to be sharing some of that burden with Brandon Ingram, but he's going to be the the point guard for this team. Capital P, Capital G, and, and I think that's going to be an interesting challenge for him because it's something we haven't seen him do. Mm-hmm. I think we know he has that skill set. We know he's capable of doing. He's done it sure. during stretches when Dame wasn't there, but to be that guy full time and pushing this team forward and their chase for the plan. Uh, I think it's going to be a really unique type of challenge for him, and it's going to be interesting to see how he handles it and how much he kind of embraces it, because I think it's something he wants to do. He wants to prove he can be more than just a 20-point guy he was sure. in Portland. He wants to prove he can be more than that, and this is his opportunity with this squad and the question.
0: A couple more minutes with Will Gilly at The Athletic. Will, uh, uh, Josh Hart was just huge for this team. You mentioned inside the locker room, uh, his leadership. You know, again, he embraced this city from the time he was traded uh, to the time he walked out the door, uh, of the culture, the, the people. But on the floor, he, uh, he was a dynamic part of, again, why this team was becoming successful. You know, Najee Marshall, I've always called him a poor man's Josh Hart. Does he take on that Josh Hart role now?
1: I think it's going to be a whole bunch of different guys. I think, like I said, we're going to see some Tony Snell. We're going to see some uh, Najee Marshall. We're going to see, I think, Trey Murphy get more opportunity. He's been doing some really good things as of late. Uh, I think we're going to continue to see Garrett Temple playing. Uh, I think we'll is going to throw a whole bunch of things at the wall and see what sticks because everything's going to be so new. They're going to be playing differently. Uh, I think the big thing I want to see with this team is that defensive mentality. I think they were, starting, they were really starting to develop that over the past couple of weeks with Herb Jones, with Josh Hart, and now that you remove Josh from that equation, uh, I think it's going to be a real test for this team, how, how they can defend at a high level, because we know they're going to be able to score with CJ and BI and JB. Uh, they're going to be able to put points on the board, but if they want to win consistently, they got to get stops, and it can't just be Herb out there guarding everybody. I know sure. he, he seemed like Superman up to this point, but it yeah, can't just be him. So uh, it's got to be C.J. taking some of that on. It's got to be BI taking some of that on. Uh, I think some of these guys who we don't look as traditional defensive players, they got to be willing to take that role on board just to, to have it exude throughout the team. Uh, but, yeah, I think that's going to be the thing, how much the team has to change their identity from what we saw through the first 40-some-odd games versus what they're going to be moving forward with C.J. and BI in the starting lineup.
0: Uh, David Griffin's been on a bit of a hot seat. Uh, he kind of lost uh, the trust of the fan base and most of the uh, of, of the of the media. Uh, how big was this deal for David Griffin?
1: Oh, it was massive. It's massive because what we already talked about—the fact that CJ pointed at the situation and said, "I want to be a part of it." And it also takes uh, again the pressure off of Bi and it takes the pressure off of Zion to come back and to be the person that's going to push this team towards the plan because i think even if zion doesn't come back i think cj and bi should be enough to, to make this team the favorite to grab that number 10 spot uh so i think it's massive and, and Matt right just for this season and moving forward with a Bi and zion trio leading the way i i think this can be really dangerous in the west and when you add in the Willie green factor and these young guys that are developing they have an identity now and they have a uh, you can really see what they're going to look like in these big-game situations where it's not Bi and Zion carrying everything the way we saw last year where it was so much on those guy's shoulders. And frankly, it was too much for them to handle last year. And that's why they failed a lot of the time in those big-game situations last year or those late-game situations because those guys just weren't ready. And I think now with C.J., he's a guy who's been there, done that, hit a million big shots in his career. He can handle that and take some of that off of those guys' shoulders. And it's going to be crucial for this team, and I think now, again, it's just about if they can get enough defensive-minded guys in there to complement those three offensive stars, I think this team can make some noise.
0: Final question for you, Will. Uh, this team started 1-12. I've seen every game like you've seen every game, and I've watched the evolution of this team, but i got to tell you right now, I did not think that they would be in the 10th spot uh, before the All-Star break. <laughs> I mean, I I just didn't think that was even possible. Okay, Uh, especially it's it's been an amazing transformation, and I got to give a tremendous amount of credit to Willie Green. Who, look, he's not that far removed from being on the court, right? and and then coming in as a rookie head coach with everything he's had to deal with, zying on out from the beginning, uh, you know, and, and, and having these guys to be able to buy in. I just think it is a miraculous job by him uh, and, and this team to be able to continue to believe, to be able to be where they are right now, uh, what, uh, 10 or so days before before the All-Star break. No
1: question, okay. and I think you also got to give credit to David Griffin. You know, man, you and I have spent a, a good amount of time on your, on your show talking about David Griffin. Sure in his shortcomings, in his role. How about drafting Herb Jones in the second round, getting Jose Alvarado as an undrafted free agent, trading for Jonas Valanciunas, all in one offseason. I mean, those three guys have been massive during this turnaround. Herb Jones, I mean, we could talk all day about Herb Jones and what he's done for this team, getting that guy... Sure with the number 35 ticket is incredible. So I think the, the, stat, the just the way they kind of reconstructed this roster on the fly uh, I think was big. And you said it, Willie Green has played a huge role with this team, kind of giving them an identity, making sure these guys are united, building them up. Uh, I think he's just done a little bit of everything with this squad and getting them on the same page. And just the way he's developed these young guys. I know there's been some frustration with the fan base about way too many Sadoransky minutes, way too many Garrett Temple minutes, uh, mm-hmm. But you've seen the, the, the development in Herb Jones and Jose Alvarado, Trey Murphy. Sure. We can keep going down the line. All of these young guys are on the arrows pointing up. And I think that was one of the main things you wanted in the head coach with this young cellar, team was a coach who can bring up these young guys. And, and we've seen Willie Green do it, and they're going to continue to improve. So, yeah, I, I said it, man. This is going to be a really fun team to watch moving forward. And I can't wait to see this game tonight, man. It's going to be really fun.
0: Yeah, it is. And hopefully, again, some folks will get out to the to the uh, Smoothie King Center and see it as well. Always a pleasure, my friend. Thanks so much for your time. Tell the folks how they can subscribe to The Athletic and what you got coming up for us.
1: Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at uh, Will Guillory, that's G-U-I-L-L-O-R-Y. You can find all my work at The Athletic. I've already got one piece up about C.J. McCollum, and I'm, I can almost guarantee I'm going to have another one coming up tomorrow morning about C.J.'s debut tonight and what, team, what it means for this franchise moving forward and the, the race for the play. And, man, it's going to be a fun 29-game stretch here to close the season out, and let's see what this team can do, man.
0: So much fa- so much more fun when the team is contending for a playoff spot than, than the other way around when you cover the team on a night-in night-out basis. No
1: question about that.
0: <laughs> I don't
1: have to talk about a bunch of that nonsense we talked about the
0: last two seasons. That's right. You're not kidding there. Thank you, my friend. We'll check in with you soon.
1: Absolutely. I appreciate you.
0: Alrighty, that's uh, Will Gillery, New Orleans on Will Gillery, with us here from The Athletic. Don't forget about my friends at Burkhardt Air Conditioning and Heating, acpromise.com, acpromise.com, North Shore, South Shore, East Bank, West Bank. Uh, We're in that type of year now where where we're going to be using AC and heat. If your AC or heating system is not working properly, don't even hesitate. Call my friends at Burkhardt. They'll be out there quickly. They'll get the job done right. Again, charging you for only the work that's necessary. Never gouging you, never cheating you, never coming up with, again, a a mysterious part that needs to be uh, replaced. Uh, They want you return business. They want you to tell your friends and family, again, how you were treated. But the most important thing, getting you up and running and, again, doing it, again, honestly. Uh, Burkhardt Air Conditioning and Heating. 15 trucks in the field, 30-minute courtesy call before they come to your home or your business. Nate Certified Technicians, truly a company can trust. ACPromise.com ACPromise.com
4: Raised up, raised right. up. You're one of us. 1061 Nash Icon has Luke Bryan tickets every, every day. Sunrise, sunburn, sunscreen. Luke Bryan at the Smoothie King Center in August, and Nash Icon is sending you there. That's my not- Want tickets? A pair could be yours every weekday while you work. Get the code to text from Scott Innes anytime between 10 and 4. When you have it, text it to 68255. Luke Bryan tickets every day. Country girls shaking. Only from New Orleans country giant, 1061-ICON.
5: This report is sponsored by Aminotech Biocenters. Did you know blood plasma collected by Aminotech Biocenters is used for several life-saving therapies? And did you know you could earn hundreds of dollars safely donating yours? Go to Aminotech.com or call 985-288-2680. Start earning cash and saving lives.
6: Look out for delays that are solid if you're traveling along the eastbound side of the West Bank Expressway, the Crescent City Connection, and the Train Expressway from Stumpf Boulevard to the O'Keefe howard Avenue exit. If you're traveling along the westbound side of the Pogetrain Expressway, delays are solid. From the Claiborne Earhart exit to the St. Charles Carondelet exit. If you're traveling on the 310 going southbound, backups are solid from before St. Rose to the Luling Hornville exit. If you're traveling on 10 eastbound, backups are solid right at Williams and delays pick back up from just past Elysian Fields to the high rise. On the 610 on the westbound side, delays are steady right at Canal Boulevard. And on the eastbound side, delays are solid from St. Bernard to the 10610 merge. I'm at Robinson, broadcasting from the Attorney Mike Brandner Traffic Center.
5: Traffic is brought to you by D.A. Exterminating. Proud to be locally owned and serving over 60 years. D.A. Exterminating is proud to be locally owned and serving Louisiana's Gulf South for over 60 years. If you want a fast response and great service, call D.A. now on the North Shore and in Metairie, or you can visit us online at daexterminating.com.
0: Handle. This is Eric Asher. Have you noticed that it's more and more common these days that products are hard to find or even sold out? Well, I'm here to tell you that air conditioning equipment doesn't have to be one of those things. The folks at Burkhardt Air Conditioning and Heating take your comfort seriously, and that means they keep the product on hand so when your AC breaks, they got a replacement ready. So never wait. Never worry. When you need help, trust Burkhardt. Visit acpromise.com. That's acpromise.com and tell them Eric sent you. Tackle your worst cold and flu symptoms with Max Strength NyQuil
4: Severe. The nighttime sniffling, sneezing, coughing, sore throat, stuffy head, aching fever, best sleep with a cold, medicine. Use as directed.
2: Find it in the cold and flu aisle at a Walmart near you.
0: Today's program brought to you by the Oceana Family of Restaurants, Oceana Grill, Mambos, Old New Orleans Cookery, and Bobby Bear's Cajun Counter Restaurant. Voted number one uh, uh, restaurant in Metairie by TripAdvisor, and uh, just a fantastic place to go to to grab a bite to eat. If you're a sports fan, it is sports, again, sports euphoria. Uh, You've got 30-plus TV screens uh, everywhere in the restaurant, even in the restroom. You'll never miss a play. And then, of course, memorabilia that could be in a museum. I'm telling you, one-of-a-kind items that you will find nowhere else. Bobby Bear's Cajun Cannon Restaurant is unique. It's a perfect combination of Louisiana sports culture and authentic Louisiana cuisine. The menu has something for everyone, Uh, just amazing cocktails, an incredible beer selection. Uh, And, of course, uh, they are open late, seven days a week for you, 4101 veterans at Lake Villa. Uh, Don't forget, they are also uh, renting out, uh, parking spots within their parking lot for the upcoming Mardi Gras in Metairie. So again if you got a family and you want to be able to set up right up there near Bobby e. Bears, get out there quickly, get your uh, uh get your spots set up for the for the parades. Contact them directly at the restaurant or again you go to bobbybears.com. Again, uh, whether it's again a fantastic meal going there to enjoy uh, some cocktails and, and and the big game, it's Bobby Bears Cajun Cannon restaurant. So good. Yeah, you're right. All right. Uh, I want to thank Will Guillory for joining us in the program. Joining us now, and I appreciate him uh, moving around a little bit for me today, uh, is Gary Smith of The Wave Report, Noel.com, Tom's Picayune, and The Advocate. Gary, how are you today, bud?
7: Hey. Thanks for having me on the show, and I apologize for my scratchy voice. I uh, have a cold these days. When you have a cold, you get tested for COVID. <laughs> that yes. was negative. Um, I, I'm feeling fine today, Monday and Sunday, and Monday I wasn't feeling too good. But uh, the only thing that's not back to normal is my voice, still a little scratchy.
0: <laughs> well, I'm glad glad to hear glad to hear that's not COVID, and glad to hear there's nothing more than yeah. just a, just a cold. Um, let me. Uh, Let's start off by by talking a little bit about the Tulane basketball team. Uh, Again, a tough, tough loss last night. Mm -hmm. Talk about Memphis.
7: Yeah, it was a tough matchup for Tulane. Um, Memphis Memphis isn't the best team in the American Athletic Conference. That's Houston. But Memphis is, without a doubt, the most athletic team and the team that is the worst matchup problem for Tulane. Because although Tulane doesn't have much of a post game, it gets a lot of its baskets on cuts to the paint, drives to the paint, Memphis has six foot eleven, six foot nine shot blockers who don't, who just don't let that happen. And, and Tulane found out real fast last night that their driving game and any type of post ups weren't going to work. Fell behind big early, came back, played Memphis pretty even the rest of the way. But uh, the first time Tulane beat Memphis, Memphis was without its entire starting front line: six eleven, six nine, six nine. Only yeah. one of those guys was missing last night. The two guys who played had double doubles. Memphis blocked ten shots. Basically, they turned Tulane into a one-trick pony, which is a three-point shooting team. And Tulane was able to hit enough threes to hang in there. Showed a lot of heart um, in a tough environment and a Memphis team that knows it has to win most of its games the rest of the way to get to an NCAA tournament that it absolutely should get to with its talent level. And uh, just, it was just—I yeah, I was impressed though with Tulane. Tulane didn't really play particularly well last night, but I was impressed again with their fight and their be- believability because it could have been a game that they could have lost by twenty, twenty-five points. In fact, UCF lost to. Uh, memphis by 28 just a few days earlier in memphis after beating memphis earlier in the year um yeah you know, the, the test will be just Tulane has to make sure they they react fine that they just let that be one loss and and don't let it linger but uh again this is a this is a different team because past Tulane teams would have gone into that environment and and, and just gotten their their doors blown off uh
0: they dropped from fourth to sixth place within the mm-hmm. american um uh, but again still some basketball to play uh for them um Cross uh, it be out. Is, is there an injury there?
7: Um, um, no, he's okay. As far as I, can, as I can tell, he played that game that Devon Baker didn't play. He had turf toe, um, cross Um I, I, I think he should he should be fine going forward. And and this is a team. They, they're actually they're tied. They're in a three way tie for fourth. They, they percentage wise they're in sixth, but they actually have more wins than the, the two teams behind them. They're still in good. What, what, what they're what they're fighting for is you want to have a top five seed in the conference tournament because if you have a top five seed, you get a buy straight to the quarterfinals, and you only have to play win two games to get to the championship game. And Tulane is still in good position to do that key game coming up this Saturday against the Temple team that's that's tied with them um, in in the conference standings, but but Temple's just not really a a, a good team. (laughs) And Mm -hmm. and this is a game at home that Tulane should win um, if if Tulane just plays the way they've been playing for for, for the last month. If they lose it, it's a different story. Then you start getting concerned with the minutes uh, because Jalen Forbes, Jalen Cook, and Sion James are 1-2-3 in the American Athletic Conference in minutes. Jalen Cook really struggled against Memphis. They played great defense on him, but he, he he went four for seventeen, and he's going to have to start adjusting to teams making him number one on their option when they when they come. That was certainly what Memphis sure. did; they put size on him and athleticism on him, and took away his drives, and and he he, he struggled. Um, he, he's a good enough player that I think he'll be able to recalibrate, but but that bears watching going forward because uh, it was really kind of the Jalen Forbes show last night, and 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 Tulane's not going to beat the top teams in the league without without um, Jalen Cook playing like the all conference. Um, player of the year contender um, that he was playing sure. like in, in, until recently
0: <laughs> let's shift gears to UNL they're 13 and 9 6 and 1 in the conference in first place I uh, heard coach Sless saying that he's got a nice little home stand coming up uh, that could help them as they get ready to go into sure. the Southland the Southland is it's not a all- Southland you have to win the conference to be able to get into the NCAA mm-hmm. um, what are your thoughts
7: yeah, well, they had a really disappointing loss on Saturday, but it was kind of one that Schlesinger was worried about going in. UNO was six and zero. They had one more game to complete the first half of their conference schedule undefeated, and that was against Incarnate Word, which was zero six, and uh, had only and was four and nineteen for the year. And UNO took the players took them lightly. They they went out, got hammered early, got down twenty-seven to nine in the first ten minutes. Came all the way back, hit fourteen of fifteen shots down the stretch. Got within two. Got had, had a bunny for a layup to tie it. Got fouled on the bunny, missed it. Um, went to the free throw line, made one of two. incarnate Word went down the other end, made a kind of a lucky bank shot while getting fouled, and were able to hold on and win. Obviously, you don't want you don't ever want to lose to a to a winless team in your league. That being said, UNO is still in commanding position. They're six and one. Um, they do have, I believe, four home games coming up in a row here. Uh, um, they're halfway through their conference schedule. They've beaten all of the teams that are contending with them at the top: Nichols, Southeastern, Texas A&M Corpus Christi. Who they're playing tonight? I, I will be at the game. Um, they're, they're still in good shape. They just have to, again, sort of like Tulane for different reasons with the MIP. UNO just has to make make sure that they don't they don't dwell on on, on a loss that they never should have had against the Incarnate Word. What they need to dwell on is that they're in first place in the league by themselves with a bunch of home games coming up and when they and and, and when they play well and as a team they're probably they're they're the best team in the southland this year
0: loyola continues to roll 22 <laughs> and one now. Boy, another blowout for them they're seven and one in, in the conference move backed up into, yep. into the second ranked team in naia uh and, and uh, they're not just beating teams they're yep. blowing them out
7: Let's- and if there was any doubt that the reason they have that one L on their schedule was because of mm-hmm. COVID, right. let, let's dispel that now because the team that beat them was Faulkner. Faulkner right. beat them by 19 points when, when really Loyola had almost nobody really healthy for that game. And uh, in their rematch, Loyola won 121-69 to 69 last week. Mm-hmm. That's a 71-point turnaround. Uh, they were healthy. They were on a roll. We'll really find out a lot about them this Saturday, I and mean, we already know how good they are. But they're, they're yes. playing Talladega, which I believe is ranked in the top five and maybe maybe even third in, 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 uh, in, in the NAIA. They play Talladega on Saturday, and then in 15 days, they go back to Talladega on the road for what will be a three-game road stretch in four days because of the games they missed earlier in COVID. This is a team we already know Loyola is good enough to win the NAIA championship, but we'll find out. Just how well they're playing right now, um, with with how they do against Talladega on this, uh, on Saturday.
0: Looks like Willie Fritz is looking for a wide receiver coach.
7: Yeah, um, no, he has he, he picked up a wide receiver coach. That okay, was go like, ahead. Uh, um he uh, that was he he picked up the uh, the wide the wide receiver coach um who had actually been a head coach um he'd been the central missouri offensive coordinator um and then he he became a became a head coach and the and they picked him up last week as a wide receiver coach so then you had to wonder what was going on because there were no other announcements on the staff at the time mm-hmm. and then the not surprising news came um that his longtime wide receivers coach is going to retire um, uh, uh, because they, they still, they still have some announcements they need to make on the mm-hmm. staff. Because they still have two more coaches <laughs> than actual game day coaching positions on, on the staff. So mm-hmm. they have twelve guys right now, and two of those guys are going to be demoted. There's no other way around it, or 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 or, or, or retire. Um, but uh, yeah, it, it's a that was. Is it John Ganim?
0: I, I just, I just, what was that? Is it John McInnimon? Yeah, that a John. Yeah, the article? John, right. I, I,
7: yeah, that's that's who it is. He's right. going to be the okay. wide receivers coach. Um, and it, it's funny when <laughs> when Tulane hired it's often when when Tulane hired Sloboda as its offensive coordinator, I, I have somebody who was trying who was telling me that Mick, that they weren't thrilled with the decision because they thought Mac, Mac, Mac was actually. Right the guy that controlled their offense more when the, and that they should have gone after him as offensive coordinator. And then two weeks later they get him on the staff. Huh. I don't know if they're going to end up making, I don't think he's going to be co-offensive coordinator, but this is, a, again, when they were at central Missouri, when McMiniman, McMiniman and, and Salota were at central Missouri, they finished second and first in two, in three years um, in, in total offense in, in division um, two. They, they work well together. Tulane needs, needs an upgrade at wide receiver. We've talked about that many times. So yes. I, I, I like to move all the way around here. I, I think, well, it's I tell man, you- again. It's as big that Willie Fritz, Willie Fritz. He wasn't gonna. He he's not a coach who's gonna be happy to just keep his job when he's two and ten. No. He knew major changes need to be made, and and he he's making them this year because uh, that's. I know there have been some coaches in the past at Tulane who seemed like their biggest priority was to keep their job for another year. Sure. Willie Fritz wants to win, and he realized there had to be significant changes on on his staff to get back to where
0: he wanted to be. Got about three minutes left. Do you want to ask you, we're, we're on the cusp of college baseball. At least mm-hmm. I'm hearing Tulane pretty supposed to be pretty good. UNO is supposed to be pretty good. Even Loyola is <laughs> supposed to be pretty good in baseball this year. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I don't know if you had a chance to break it down yet. What are your thoughts?
7: Yeah, I mean, Tulane, it, it's a crucial year. For, there's no other way to put it <laughs> um, for, for Travis Jewett, He did yeah you know, he did receive a new contract. He has a three-year contract. That's not going to make people happy. I, I'm, I'm aware of that. Um, they should be really good this year, but it's certainly not a lock because their pitching is, is – is, is, they lost almost all of their, their front-line pitchers and their, and their closer from, from last year. They, they've got talented guys in the lineup there, but you never know until you, until you see it on the mound. But Tulane should be an absolutely terrific hitting team, just like they were a couple of years ago when they are pitching totally bet- – three years ago when they pitching totally betrayed them when they had Cody Hosey and August were hitting home runs out the park all the time. Tulane returns nine – Hitters who started at least 34 games last year and one of them is catcher Bennett Lee who broke the the school record for batting average as a freshman at at 440. They're loaded in the lineup. So if they can get good pitching and what I'm hearing is they've got the talent on the mound to do it this year. This isn't like their early years under Jewett when they could not get the ball over the plate. They've got good control. They should be a regional team. That there's no other way to look at it. And in his in his seventh year, they need to be a regional team. Mm-hmm. They believe yep. they're going to do it this year. They're picked second in the conference. And and I, you know, again, we'll just be watching. Got to watch them yep. on the mound the first few weeks to see if they have enough on the mound to 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 get to where they need to go. Uno that, just that, poll just came out today. They're picked third in their league. Yes. they're they're going to be good again, too. Obviously that, that tends to be more of a one bit league, but, uh, you right. and they've, Blake Dean's got UNO and the best shape that UNO has been in a long, long time on the baseball field.
0: Yep. No doubt about it. Always appreciate your time, my friend. Tell everybody about your, uh, your fantastic site. Also, again, how folks can follow you on social media and what you got coming up for us in the, in the paper.
7: Sure. The, the website is Tulane.rivals.com, the wavereport.com. Um, I, I, been sick earlier this week, so I actually. I'm usually there are, the full transcription of the baseball media day would already be up there. It's not, but it's going to be up there shortly um, for the advocate. Obviously, baseball right around the corner, <laughs> basketball ongoing. I, I just actually booked, I'm, I'm going to the, to the American athletic conference basketball tournament for the first time in, in ever <laughs> this year, because Julian actually has some chance to do some damage sure. to that thing in in Fort worth. So, yeah, and, and then of course, spring football practice starts in March. So it, 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 it it's, it's, a, it's a pretty good time to be a Tulane fan, mm-hmm. especially if you feel yeah. like the football team is going to bounce back next year, and I, I think there's a good chance they will.
0: No doubt about it. Well, you get all that information at the Wave Report, that's for sure. Gary, thanks as always for your time. We'll check in with you next week.
7: Thanks for having me on the show.
0: Gary Smith again. Wave report. Uh, Gary Smith on Twitter. Don't forget about my friends at Burkhardt Air Conditioning and Heating. In the market for a new system? Uh, again, it doesn't matter where you live in the metropolitan area. They're there to serve you. Uh, they are authorized to sell some of the top brands in the industry. They'll sit down, do a consultation, find out what you're looking for in, in terms of a air conditioning heating system for your home. Uh, they'll give you all the information you need so you can make again an educated decision. And then, of course, from fabricating your ductwork uh, right in their state-of-the-art uh, um, uh, uh, compound in uh, in Mandeville, to again uh, making sure that they treat your home or your business like their home or their business, uh, it's truly again a, a delight to have them working uh, in your home, putting in this system. Uh, when you talk about uh, after service after the sale, it's second to none. Uh, Fifteen trucks in the field, thirty minute courtesy call before they come to your home or your business. It's Burkhardt. It's ACPromise.com. ACPromise.com. Mambo's. Hey, all right. welcome to the newly renovated TikTok. Come on in. Quick, close the door, Mike. You're letting the flies out. All right, don't start that again. Hey, look, we've been back operating almost two months now. Yeah, and your sign should say sorry, we're back open. Stop. Come on. So what you think about the new paint job and the repaved parking lot? I think you could put lipstick on a pig, but it's still a... All right, enough is enough. The TikTok Cafe, open 24-7 at the intersection of Causeway and I-10 in Metairie.
5: Finding the perfect romantic gift she'll love is easy at Diamonds Direct this Valentine's with an expanded selection of designer jewelry and our best offer ever, five years, zero interest financing. Your love is always our passion at Diamonds Direct, but especially on Valentine's Day, so we're holding nothing back. Pick any item, get our best value price, and spread your payments over five years with zero interest financing. Everything's included. Diamond stud earrings, diamond eternity bands, layered necklaces, pendants, bangles, colored gemstones, and of course, the largest selection of diamonds and engagement rings in America. And this weekend, we're also showcasing all new collections from our top designers, like Takori, Viragio, Simon G., and others. No matter what you choose for the one you love, you'll get the best price and five years zero-interest financing. We're even open this Sunday with special pregame shopping hours 11 to 4. Get more details and even shop online at DiamondsDirect.com. Diamonds Direct, your love, our passion, Unapproved credit. DA Exterminating is proud to be locally owned and serving Louisiana's Gulf South for over 60 years. If you want a fast response and great service, call DA now on the North Shore and in Metairie, or you can visit us online at
0: daexterminating.com. At Progressive, we're making things even easier. We'll help you bundle your home and car insurance together so you could save on both. Learn more at progressive.com or 1-800-PROGRESSIVE. Today's program brought to you by the Oceana Family of Restaurants, Oceana Grill, Bobby Bear's Cajun Cannon Restaurant, Old New Orleans Cookery, and of course, Mambo's. That's right, Mambo's, all part of the Oceana Family of Restaurants. All are open late. The two Bourbon Street restaurants, Mambo's and also Old New Orleans Cookery, so again are selling tickets to their Bourbon Bur- Bur- Street balconies. And of course, you can purchase a, p- a place in the parking lot over at uh, Bobby Bear's Cajun Cannon Restaurant for the Metairie Mardi Gras parades. You're listening to Inside New Orleans. Eric Asher with Eel Six. We'll be right back. <music> Here with my good friend Mike Dellahusse at the TikTok Cafe. Mike, I was craving the best breakfast in town. Thank you, Eric. Yeah, but they were closed, so I'm back here at the TikTok Cafe instead. You know that's not nice. Come on, man. You know we aim to please. You got to get a better aim, pal. Stop. You know we never close, huh? Well, neither does the morgue, so what's your point? Ah, you're unbelievable. You know, you got to admit, we've got the best prices in town. Gluten-free? Uh, I think you're missing the point, bud. The TikTok Cafe and the heart of Metairie at Causeway and I-10 are better known as the intersection of diabetes and high cholesterol. Come join us at Old New Orleans Cookery, 205 Bourbon Street. Open late, serving lunch and dinner seven days a week. Have an extraordinary cocktail while enjoying authentic Cajun Creole cuisine in our dining rooms or our beautiful courtyard new orleans eric asher with you until six o'clock four to six right here on 106.1 fm nash icon each and every weekday afternoon thanks so much for being there remember the iHeartRadio radio app TuneIn radio app free download for your smartphone or tablet you can take the show with you anywhere also you can catch our podcast there as well as everywhere that's right anchors our home base but we're on all podcasting platforms nash fm 106.1 and ericasher.com on the world wide web uh also want to uh, remind everybody that coming up at 6 o'clock tonight, uh, the first rebroadcast of uh, Inside New Orleans Sports uh, featuring Garland Gillen of Fox 8 Sports. Check us out. Uh, If you miss us then, 10 o'clock on on the Deuce. That's WLAE TV 2. Friday night, 9 o'clock Pelican Sports Television, 10 o'clock LAE, Saturday at 2 a.m. on the Deuce, Saturday afternoon at 5 p.m. on Pelican Sports Television. We'll have it up on our social media platforms this evening, at Eric underscore Astro on Twitter. Eric Asher on Facebook, Inside New Orleans Show on Instagram. If you missed the first hour of today's program, you missed a lot. Will Guillory of The Athletic uh, got us up to date on what's happening with the Pels. Uh, C.J. McCollum expected to uh, start against the Miami Heat tonight in the Smoothie King Center. Hey, that's a 6.30 tip-off. That's an earlier tip-off than normal. Uh, Gary Smith got us up to date with collegiate basketball and baseball. UNO, Tulane, also Loyola. Uh, and so we had a little conversation about that. Coming up in just a couple minutes, it will be uh, Glenn Gilbo of uh, Outkick.com. We'll talk about the Super Bowl, Joe Burrow versus, uh, uh, versus the Rams. And, of course, uh, also um, uh, Odell, Beckham, Odell Beckham and uh, uh, Whitworth, both uh, playing for the, uh, for the Rams. And, of course, a host of ex-Saints and, uh, and uh, ex-LSU as well as uh, Louisiana and New Orleans players on, on that Cincinnati roster. So we'll talk about that. We'll talk some LSU as well. LSU uh, beating Texas A&M uh, to get back in the win column in basketball. But I looked at the latest bracketology uh, by Lenardi, and they're not in, uh, they're, they're not in the NCAA tournament. Uh, now, I'm, you know, again <laughs> – you know, we can see what happens, but by the time they get to the to the SEC tournament, what happens in the, in the latter part of this uh, conference schedule. Uh, but, uh, you know, the lack of offense has really strangled the Tigers up to this point. Hopefully, again, they can pull that together. And then we'll finish up with Mike Trillbitt of ESPN, get his, his take on uh, what's happening with the Saints, uh, some coaching moves that we've had over the last 24 hours uh, with, uh, again, uh, uh, Curtis Johnson moving on. Um and that was one of the reasons why uh, you saw some of the changes that we saw uh, yesterday with the uh, with the Saints. So, uh, you know, again, much like Josh Hart and Nikhil Alexander Walker, uh, I'm sorry to see Curtis Johnson go. I think he's one of the best uh, wide receiver coaches in all of the NFL. Uh, now, again, um, John Morton was, was took his place in New Orleans when he was there that when uh, CJ went on to be the head coach of Tulane. Not sure again why that situation is what it is, uh, but again they're losing a really good one. Of course, Doug Marone's coming over. We talked about possible offensive coordinator yesterday. Looks like he's going to be the offensive line coach, and they're replacing the strength coach as well. Uh, remember, they have to have to uh, interview externally uh, when it comes to the um, uh, when it comes to the uh, uh, offensive coordinator position, the defensive coordinator position. They have to uh, uh, at least interview a minority candidate and. Um, uh, they did that yesterday uh, when you start talking about the uh, a minority candidate for the um, uh, defensive coordinator 's job and look it 's interesting to see again uh, you know how this is going to play out because everybody kind of believes that they 're going to be able to they 're going to uh, elevate from within uh, when it comes to other uh, coordinator positions, but Detroit defensive back coach Aubrey Pleasant was uh, interviewed for the uh, for the job uh, yesterday uh, as a minority candidate. Uh, he works under Dan Campbell, who obviously has ties back to New Orleans uh, and and the Peyton era. And I've talked about it before. Look, if Campbell would have been available, it could have been a dead heat between De- uh, between Dennis Allen and, 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 and uh, Campbell uh, in in terms of the um, uh, of the of the head coaching job for the Saints. Uh, they are they like Campbell that much. Uh, in that building. But, again, it is Alan's job. He said he was going to put his stamp on it. It looks like he's doing it as well. Today's program is brought to you by the Oceana Family of Restaurants. Uh, Again, uh, uh, Old New Orleans Cookery, Bobby Bear's Cajun Cannon Restaurant, Mambos, and the Mothership uh, Oceana Grill. Bourbon at Conti in the French Quarter. Uh, voted top U- 10 U.S. restaurant for everyday dining by TripAdvisor. Uh, they're open seven days a week. They're open late for you, okay? They open at 8 a.m. They close at 1 a.m. In a lot of cases, they're not closed until maybe 2 a.m. You know, I've said it before. They really don't close because someone's in the building all the time. From the time they close, again, they're restocking for the next day. They're, they're also, um, uh, you know, uh, doing a, a thorough cleaning for you. Uh, so, again, there's somebody always there at Oceana, but, home in New Orleans best breakfast if you love breakfast like I love breakfast you again you'll enjoy the breakfast at Oceana 8 a.m. until 1 p.m. and then uh, at 10 a.m the lunch service kicks in so you can do a little um uh, you know, have part of your party maybe once lunch part part once dinner um, part, part, once breakfast pardon me you can do that then the lunch and uh, the dinner menu kicks in about four o'clock. Uh, And just, again, a fantastic menu. Something for everyone. Uh, Incredible cocktails. Uh, The the years that I sat there doing the remote at Oceana when the, the the waitress or waiters would bring out the cocktails and you'd hear the oohs and ahs from folks as they were walking by the tables. Ooh, what's that? What's that? Just amazing cocktails on their menu. And then a great beer selection. You can dine in an authentic French Quarter Courtyard, which is also dog-friendly. they got five private rooms for your next event. Uh, if they're not using those rooms for the next event, then again, that's overflow for the restaurant, so there's plenty of seating for you. And if you do do your next event at Oceana, it'll be absolutely fantastic. The attention to detail is second to none. Uh, the catering uh, menu is fantastic and then you just steps off bourbon street when, when your party ends again the party won't stop uh, it's family friendly and of course a place where uh, where you, where you can get a business deal done uh if you're looking for a great place to grab a bite to eat it's oceana grill uh, oceana grill is the best time off bourbon street check them out at oceana remember i don't want to hear that you can't get a late meal in new Orleans you can get them at the oceana family of restaurants oceana opens it up at 8 a.m closes at 1 a.m daily that's every single day of the week all right Let's head to the guest line. Join us on the program. Our good friend Glenn Gilbo of Outkick.com. Glenn, how are you? Good.
3: Good afternoon, Eric. Just uh, cast in your uh, Katie's uh, gift uh, certificates I got from you. Appreciate it. My buddy Steve LaFasso and I uh, ate at Katie's uh, Tuesday night. Man, It was awesome.
0: Awesome. And uh, Did you get a chance to see Scott? Scott. Scott Craig. The owner? Uh, oh, I I do not
3: know the owner. No, no, uh, he may have been there. I do not know.
0: Okay, um, Rudy, could you raise this volume for me? It is very low. The intro was very low as well. By the way, um, Glenn, I, w- I want to touch you about, on a couple things. Obviously, I want to ask you about the Saints situation. I want to talk a little LSU basketball with you. But I want to start off again with uh, with this weekend Super Bowl. Uh, a lot of LSU flavor, a lot of Louisiana flavor on on both teams. Joe Burrow, uh, Chase, you got Stanley Morgan, who's a New Orleans native. Uh, Puka Williams is a Louisiana native. Thad Moss went to LSU. Uh, you've got Trey Hendrickson, Von Bell. Tyler Shelvin was a former LSU player. Cam Sample went to Tulane. Joe Bakken had a cup of coffee with the, um, with the Saints. Uh, so, again, you got a lot of Saints and a lot of uh, LSU flavor on that, um, on that team. Uh, but, uh, and then on, on the, on the Rams team, you got Beckham Whitworth, Grant Haley, who had a cup of coffee on, with, with the saints doing a lot of, uh, work on special teams. Uh, and, and of course, um, Cooper cup is the grandson uh, of Jake cup, who was one of the original saints. So a lot of, uh, yeah, of Louisiana interest in, in, in both of those teams.
3: Uh, no question about it, especially, uh, you know, Joe Burrow and Jamar chase from, from rumble high, uh, and, you know, chase and, Joe were, I mean, the keys to the offense at LSU in 2019. Joe won the Heisman. Jamar won the Belichickoff. They both set national records. Um, I wrote something about Jamar and Joe uh, from their LSU days that's on the website right now. And I was kicking. I'm having a, a column on Joe Burrow in the morning. About the day he became Joe Burrow, which I feel like is the uh, the Auburn game in 2018 when he when he brought LSU back to win that game. That was the really first real taste of uh, having a great quarterback. I thought, Uh, but yeah, I didn't realize there was that many uh, Louisiana names involved in the game. That's awesome.
0: Oh no, it is, and a lot again, a lot of you know. You know, you got some kids that grew up in New Orleans, some kids grew up in Louisiana, some kids went to LSU. You got a lot of ex Saints on that on that um on that on that Cincinnati team. They and they they've uh, and of course Camp Sample of of Tulane. So I mean uh, one thing about uh Cincinnati, they're not shy to be able to go after uh LSU players, Tulane players or again ex Saints. Uh, and we might see another ex-Saint there next season in, in Toronto-Armstead before it's all said and done because of the line. That's what I want to start with, with the Cincinnati Bengals. Joe's been fantastic. I mean, he's been everything he was in his senior year at LSU and more. Uh, it's incredible, again, his maturation process so quickly. When you talk about, again, missing half a season last year because of the knee injury and be able to come in and do what he did for the Bengals and, and lifting up that team this year. Obviously, him and Chase have had a great combination, but it's more than just that. Uh, he seems to will that team to win at times, but that offensive line is leaky, and you're going up against a defense that, again, was, was built for the Super Bowl. They went out, and they gave up everything they could to be able to get better. You got Ashawn Robinson. You got Aaron Donald, Von Miller. Uh, 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 you got Leonard Floyd all on, on that front line, uh, which is going to give that offensive line fits. Uh, to me I think that's the key to the game you've got to be able to control the front if you're Cincinnati and at least give Joe time to operate
3: well and you know I don't know of any quarterback that's done as well as Joe this year and getting his team to the Super Bowl with as many times as he's been sacked but even in the, the playoffs as well you know So just, just imagine if he had better protection um, but it's it, it's amazing I mean their offensive line is, is pretty average if not bad and he's still been able to, uh, to make the plays. And, uh, you know, he's, he's got help at wide receiver for sure. But um, the, the offensive line is, is going to have to play much better or they're going to have to come up with some strategy, you know, for you know really quick passes, which, which they already do. But, um, you know, it, it is amazing. I mean, he, he, he was hurt last year, but that's what Joe did when he was at LSU. I mean, in 2018, mm-hmm. he hadn't played in really three years. When he started playing in 2018 so it's amazing how how quick he's been really good both in college and in the nfl
0: yeah it really is and you know to me when i look at the game i say to myself okay they're going to try to take chase out uh, much like kansas city tried to do uh in 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 the afc championship game because again how uh, how the combination there T. Higgins has, has, been, has been a really good player for them. Look, they were ready to run Tyler Boyd out of Cincinnati last year, okay? And he has come really really come full circle with, with Joe Burrow as, quarter, as quarterback. But Uzama at the tight end position, if he is, uh, again, healthy enough to go, and we believe he is. And, and then, of course, Joe Mixon, his ability to catch the ball at the backfield uh, and and to run the football. I think you've got to be able to run the football to be able, again, hold back uh, those guys, again, pinning their ears back and just going after Joe uh, in the passing game so i think two real keys is this is mixing and you was you uh um uh you yes so that uh you know they could take some pressure off of joe with a pass rush of the um uh, of the rams sure and, and
3: you know you make receivers i mean that's what great quarterbacks do they make the receivers better that's what drew Brees did his whole career he felt i, I felt like he made Average receivers into really good receivers. The time he got a great receiver was, was Michael Thomas, the part of him being so great. But, uh, you know, Jamar Chase, his first year at LSU with Burrow, he was, he caught like 20 passes 300 yards, but as Burrow developed, Chase developed, and, and you know, I, I think Justin Jefferson and Thaddeus Moss uh, owe a lot of their development and eventual draft picks and and doing well in the NFL, making them better
0: when they were at LSU. I don't think there's any doubt. I mean, again, when you look at, you know, first of all, it's been an incredible lineage of wide receivers. Everybody talks about DBU. Uh, that have gone into the NFL uh from LSU some guys that again didn't really do a lot maybe under the less miles uh regime but again still nevertheless we we are we're very good pro pro players if not great pro players to again what we saw in this last wave of receivers that are now in the NFL that are breaking all kind of records right and and the uh
3: you know LSU's past defense has not been even number 1 in the SEC for Many years, several years. So I never did get the DBU thing. It's 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 more about the guys that are in the pros. But while they are at LSU, you know the secondary left a lot to be desired, really, from probably 2014 on. But you know the wide receivers really made the 19 uh, season go along with Burrow and, and and Joe Brady. So I would agree. I think it's more WRU than DBU
0: well I def- definitely definitely has seen that way lately on, on uh, you know defensively you know it's got to come down to me to the ability of the uh, of the Cincinnati Bengals to be able to put pressure on on um, on, on the on the passing game of uh, of the Los Angeles Rams Look, you got a guy, Matt Stafford, who is not nimble. He is—he is a pocket passer, and and of course, when you look at uh, what the Bengals have been able to do, especially with Trey Hendricks leading the way with 14 sacks, uh, they put pressure on the quarterback, Sam Hubbard, DJ Reader. I mean, you go right down the line, they'll—they'll uh, they'll put pressure on the quarterback if they could put pressure on on Stafford uh they can make him an ordinary quarterback much like we saw the, the the 49ers do uh in 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 the last regular season game in which again um, you know you look at the you look at that at, at that game of course uh you know uh for a long for really most of the game uh the the rams held them in check
3: right right i mean uh you know and if and if you can just you know give Stafford a little bit of harassment You know, Burrow's going to take advantage of that because I think, you know, just man to man, Burrow's better, but Stafford's offensive line Mm -hmm. is better. So if, if Cincinnati can, you know, kind of rattle, they probably won't, Cincinnati probably won't be able to pressure Stafford as good as uh, the Rams will be able to pressure Burrow, but there's a chance they could rattle Stafford quicker then Burrow, Burrow doesn't get rattled, really. I mean, he just right. he just doesn't get rattled. So so that, that little crease, you know, that, that's going to be an advantage to Burrow.
0: Well, you, you, you want Stafford to get to the point where he's getting the ball out quickly, where they can't develop those long routes and allow guys like Odell Beckham to get deep. Uh, you know, Cup has been, been a great possession receiver, but he has the ability, again, again to, to, to be able to climb uh, the, the route tree as well. Uh, you know, uh, Van Jefferson. Uh, you know, was uh, was was a player that that, that again can, can can make a difference for them as well. So it will be interesting to see again how this kind of plays out. I like the Bengals, but I think it's going to be a, a close game. But if the offensive line cannot give Joe time, it, it it could be a long day.
3: Yeah, that's true. That's true. But I, I think I mean you know the Bengals are they're like the uh, you know the Eli Manning Super Bowl teams. They they lost seven games. Um, So they know how to overcome obstacles, but they they obviously can be beat. But but Burrow is a guy who rises to regular games, but he really rises to the occasion in big games. I mean, I I think it's going to be a high scoring game. I think both quarterbacks are going to play pretty well.
0: Let's shift gears to to LSU basketball for a moment. I I looked at Lenardi's bracketology today, and it showed that LSU was was out of the tournament. Look, they can play their way back in. Pinson coming back uh, I I think really helps them. They played much better against Texas A&M in their last game, but they put their backs against the wall with this losing streak. Uh, Your thoughts on where the Tigers are?
3: Well, they're definitely better with with Pinson, you know, and and, and Pinson came back. He might have come back a little too early. He was playing at 75 percent. You know, you, you hope he, they played Tuesday, so he's got plenty of time off the knee. he could take, so you know, you hope he doesn't re-injure it. He can get close to 100 percent, and they're and they're a better team. But uh, you know, they were they were one and six before that win the other night, and and you know, their only their last two wins are both over the same bad team, Texas A and M. So they got they got a long way to go. That they, they do have. Good quality wins. though. so if they can just get uh, back over five hundred in the SEC and 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 start playing better with Pinson and playing better on defense, you know, they, and they lost to some, some bad teams. I mean, they lost to Ole Miss, you know, uh, and and they have a loss to Florida, which is an average team. Uh, so they, they got they got a long way to go, I think. Uh, and, and I mean, it's amazing because they were fifteen and one, just not that. That long ago, but I, I think I wouldn't count them out of the NCAA tournament. I, I wouldn't they either. Could play better with Pinson, They could play better with Pinson and get back in there, and and they could make a little run in the SEC
0: tournament. Yeah, I think so. I mean, again, it was hard losing again your point guard, and and again, look, the 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 lack of the ability to really score on offense. Uh, has really hurt them. Uh, but, uh, again, look, defense keeps you in games, and that's the one thing I think they can hang their hat on, although I think there was a little bit of a low in that losing streak where they weren't playing defense uh, as aggressive and competently as they were before. Yeah,
3: and sometimes that comes when, when the offense struggles. The defense kind of loses some confidence. But, but you know, it is a funny team from, from what Will Wade has had because usually his teams have legitimate – Scorers and they're they're a little questionable on defense. This team is really good on defense. And one of the first things uh, my man Brian Lazar told me early in the basketball season was this team has no go-to shooter like they have in, had in, in the past, you know. And that that has hurt them too because they they do have some lulls and they and they they've killed themselves with with scoring droughts early in games. Spent the whole game coming back well and then couldn't quite win it. That's been a problem.
0: Yep, it has been. Uh Dennis Allen named head coach of the New Orleans Saints this week. You were there. Your impressions?
3: Well, I mean I thought uh I thought he did very well in the press conference. I think he made some good points that uh you know, he 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 vowed to, to Sean Payton, but also he wants to be himself and I, I think the the secret is to be a, a combination thereof. And uh I mean I think it was a great hire because he's the coach of the defense, and the defense was why they were somewhat successful last season amid amid the injuries. And the defense has been very good and consistent since he was the defensive coordinator. So um, I, I think it was a good hire. But the key is, and the, and the, the thing that's going to keep him his job or get him fired in a few years, is who his offensive coordinator ends up being. That's going to be very important. And and I would say maybe even more important than who becomes his quarterback. Uh, so those really, those...
0: more important than the Glenn. Why? Why is that, Glenn?
3: Well, well, or as important. Well, if uh, if it's a great offensive coordinator, you can get by with a so-so quarterback. Whereas if it's a uh, not a, if it's a so-so coordinator and a uh, you know a, a so-so quarterback, you're <laughs> you're in trouble. I, I would say it's it's close. In in some situations, it might be best to have the better quarterback. Certainly, Joe Burrow is proof of that because he was obviously a better quarterback than Joe Brady was a uh, coordinator. But I think both of them are are just really important.
0: Uh, I'll be interested to see again who's going to be the offensive coordinator. Who they will they elevate from within on the defensive coordinator? They still have to again uh, uh, be able to interview an, a minority external uh, for, from their program uh, on both those coordinator jobs. And they've already made a move this uh, within the last couple of days. Again, uh, Daryl uh, Dan Dowrimple, uh, the um, uh, uh, and offensive line coach, he's, he's the conditioning coach, offensive line coach uh, Brendan Nugent, uh, both were were released. Offensive analyst uh, Jim Cheney, uh released as well. Of course, bringing in uh, John Morton, uh, Doug Marone, and, uh, of course, uh, Curtis Johnson, also not retained as the wide receivers coach. So there are some moves being made in, in the weight room and also on the offensive side of the football.
3: Right, and Doug Marone, from what I understand, is, is going to be the offensive line coach. Correct. There was reports that he might be the offensive coordinator, which I think would mm-hmm. not be a good idea because the only time he's ever had the offensive coordinator title was when he was with the Saints, in right. two thousand six to oh eight, and, and we know who the coordinator was then. Sure. So, so uh, he he needs a really uh, you know he needs a, a young Sean Tate or, or, or uh, you know a, a, a rising play caller, offensive coordinator, or uh, I think they're going to be in trouble.
0: Yeah, are you surprised Carmichael uncle didn't want the, want the position
3: Well not you know not really I mean he has um, always just kind of wanted to be with the Saints and stay in New Orleans you know he, he has avoided uh, you know switching jobs a lot and, and moving around a lot is what you have to do if you're going to rise up as a as a coordinator and then head coach I think he's, I think he's happy in New Orleans and, and with the Saints. And not necessarily wanting the uh, the big time job. Um, I thought, you know, I, I thought he might want to be the offensive coordinator though. Again, Peyton was yeah. really the coordinator. Uh sure. I, I think I think Carmichael would need to move away from the Saints and become a coordinator somewhere else, which you see some uh, assistants do and that's what Aaron Glenn did. But uh, apparently he's he's very happy in in New Orleans and just having uh, you know, a more stable uh, personal life uh, as opposed to, you know, moving every every couple of years. So that's probably why I stayed.
0: Yep, no doubt. Glenn, tell us about OutKick. Tell us what you got coming up for us on the site and how folks can follow you on social media.
3: Well, I have the column on Joe Burrow coming out in the morning just about his LSU time, uh, and we're following the Auburn saga closely uh, with, with, with Brian Harson and uh, going to continue to do that through the weekend, and then um, also some SEC um, basketball coverage, obviously, on Saturday as we're getting close to March and into the, uh, into the tournaments. Um, still got a lot from the Senior Bowl last week uh, on on the website and the, uh, the uh, column on Dennis Allen and uh, his uh, introductory press conference as well.
0: Always a pleasure, my friend. Thanks so much for joining us. We'll check in next week. Okay. Thank you. Thanks, bud. At LSU beat tweet is how you can follow uh, Glenn on Twitter. Hey, don't forget about Burkhart. When you're in the market for a generator, generator sales and service is their business. Single-day install. That's right. Put you on the counter for a single-day install. After a consultation with you to find out, again, what you're looking for in a generator to power up your home and your business when the electricity goes out. Financing available for generators. You can pay that over time. Also, new install quality check after one month. It's what they do for everything they install for their customers, part of their customer service pledge. Then comes, again, the service after the sale. 24-7, 365 emergency service, warehouse fully stocked with all the parts you need for your generator. And, of course, uh, again, expertise when it comes to generator installation and repair. That's Burkard Air Conditioning and Heating. That's acpromise.com, acpromise.com.
4: New Orleans Country, 106.1 Nash Icon is once again your home for New Orleans Privateers basketball. Tune in to Jude Young for all the action as UNO takes on top-rated college basketball teams, including local rivals and Southland Conference foes in their quest to win championships and return to the NCAA tournament. All season long, set sail with the UNO Privateers on New Orleans Country 106.1, Nash Icon.
0: This report is sponsored by Staples Stores. Staples has the tools you business Business needs to get work done no matter where. Right now, save up to forty percent on select chairs so your home office has everything your office office has. In store only, offer ends two twenty six while supplies last. Explore what's new at Staples, the working and
6: learning store. Look out for an accidental your interstates on 10 Westbound at the Gramercy Lutcher exit. And in the meantime, look out for delays that are going to be heavy on 10 Westbound from just past the lesion fields to Canal, and delays pick back up on 10 Westbound. From Bonneville to Clearview. Also, look out for delays on 10 eastbound from Loyola to the airport and delays pick back up on 10 eastbound from just past Elysian Fields to the high rise. Look out for delays on the 310 on the southbound side from just before St. Rose to the Luling Hornville exit. Look out for delays if you're traveling on the eastbound side of the West Bank Expressway, the Crescent City Connection, and the Pontchartrain Expressway from Stumpf Boulevard to the O'Keefe Howard Avenue exit. Look out for delays on the westbound side of the Pontchartrain Expressway from the Claiborne Earhart exit to the St. Charles Carondelet exit. And delays pick back up on the westbound side of the West Bank Expressway from just past Ames Boulevard to Avondale. If you're traveling on the 610 on the westbound side, delays are heavy from just before Canal Boulevard to the 10610 Merge. And if you're traveling on the eastbound side of the 610, delays are steady from Elysian Fields to the 10610 Merge. I'm Ed Robinson, broadcasting from the Attorney Mike Bradner Traffic Center.
2: On the East Bank and West Bank, from the lake to the gulf, the men and women of the Jefferson Parish Sheriff's Office keep our parish safe. Some are on the beat, others behind the scenes, ensuring the safety of our community. JPSO is now looking for correctional officers and 911 dispatchers. Your community's calling
0: Dine indoors or outdoors? Place your order or inquire about catering at 504-305-4792. That's Bienvenue on Hickory, 467 Hickory Avenue in Harrington. At Guard Air Conditioning and Heating, their number one priority is treating people right. Take it from me, Eric Asher. It means getting there quickly in an emergency. They'll be on time and do a perfect job. And it means they promise to give everyone a fair price every time. So if you're looking for a better experience from your generator AC company, or you just got a big quote from someone else and you want a second opinion, let the folks at Burkhart earn your trust and treat you right. Visit acpromise.com, that's acpromise.com, and tell them Eric sent you. To our customers.
4: Tackle your worst cold and flu symptoms with Max Strength NyQuil Severe. The nighttime sniffling, sneezing, coughing, sore throat, stuffy head, aching fever, best sleep with a cold medicine. Use as directed.
2: Find it in the cold and flu aisle at a Walmart near you. Today's
0: program brought to you by the Oceana Family of Restaurants, Oceana Grill. Bobby Bear's Cajun Cannon Restaurant, Old New Orleans Cookery, and Mambo's, 411 Bourbon Street. Three floors of what I'm telling you is the most beautiful restaurant on Bourbon Street, bar none. Uh, first of all, again, you've never seen the sight lines from from, from Bourbon Street like you'll see over at Mambo's. Mambo's has uh, Bourbon Street's only rooftop bar. That's right, a rooftop bar for you to enjoy cocktails, your next event, or also, again, a meal. Also, on, on the second floor, that's the third floor, on the second floor, uh, there's a Bourbon Street balcony for you to overlook Bourbon Street. They can have an authentic French Quarter Courtyard for you. Uh, also, again, a fantastic menu that includes incredible Creole cuisine and, of course, uh, mixologists that are second to none. Putting out cocktails uh, that will, uh, will, again, woo, uh, wow you, and uh, you'll hear the oohs and ahs uh, from everyone that's watching you, again, as you uh, dive into one of the great cocktail menus over at, uh, over at Mambos. It's the perfect night out for, again, friends, family, uh, again, romantic getaway, maybe having your next event, and, of course, right? Right next door you, you can enjoy, again, uh, cocktails and uh, also a great meal over at the, the Hideout Bar. Uh, it's got a French, French Quarter courtyard, live music every single night. So, again, between lunch and dinner, seven days a week at Mambo's, uh, of course, the Hideout Bar, and, of course, the live music. You can make a, an incredible night right there in the 400 block of Bourbon Street. To find out more, go to MamboNola.com. Uh, make your next memory at Mambo's and also the Hideout Bar, part of the Oceana family of restaurants. All right, I want to thank Glenn Gilbo for joining us on the program. Joining us now from ESPN, did a great job uh, breaking that story a few a few weeks ago about uh, doing the research on uh, the flags that were thrown against um, um, the, the Saints opponents uh, as opposed to with the Saints. Of course, he's been all over the Sean Payton retirement and Dennis Allen being hired. He covers the Saints for ESPN. Mike Chlippett joins us on the, on the show. Mike, how are you?
8: Doing great. How are you doing?
0: Doing fantastic, Mike. Thanks for the uh, for the time. Mike, I want to ask you about that article first. Then that had to put. You had to put a lot of research into that to really find the that flags, out, huh?
8: The flags, you got it wrong. The flags that weren't thrown against that the weren't Saints thrown opponents. against the Saints, right? <laughs> no, it was it was crazy. I mean, someone brought it to my attention last year, and I was waiting to see if it would be a news story. I was waiting to see if the Saints had filed any complaints with the league, or if the league was doing anything about it. Um, and so I was just kind of waiting because the numbers were pretty glaring that they had finished bottom three in the league three years in a row with with flags against their opponents, which had only happened like one other time in the last 20 years. It only happened like five other times in history. But there were some other teams, you know, even good teams, the Ravens, the Packers, they were in the same general ballpark. But then it happened a fourth year in a row. They finished last again this year, and it was just, all right, this is just This is just absurd, and so, uh, you know, went with the story based on all the numbers. No comments from the Saints, but I I do know they're aware of it and uh, disturbed by it.
0: (laughs) Mike, I mean, again, reading from your article, since 2018, the Saints have finished 30th, 31st, 32nd, tied for 31st, and penalties called against their opponents, both accepted and declined. Look, just being a a spectator, right? Right. I got the feeling it was happening. But then you say to yourself, there's no way that's going on, okay, with NFL officials. But then when you look at it in black and white, you say, hey, I'm not crazy. This really was going on.
8: And it's so hard to pinpoint what that could mean. There's there's no rhyme or reason to... You know, I, I heard one person, you know, there's some theory that a good team you would think there'd be more opponents committed against because the teams you're playing are desperate. That wasn't necessarily true. The team they tied with this year, maybe the most stunning thing in the entire article, the team they tied with this year for last place, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Tom Brady. You always think Tom Brady gets every call. Well, sure. they also tied for last for the fewest opponents. The Green Bay Packers, like I said, are I think the third fewest in the league in recent years. The Baltimore Ravens have been bottom. 10 in each of the last five years. You know, there were a lot of things like that. So, okay, uh, it's happening to other good teams, you know, a little bit, too. So there was no rhyme or reason with that. But what you definitely see is it balances out. The Buccaneers finished 31st this year. They finished first last year. It You know, mm-hmm. it should be random. And with the Saints, it hasn't been random. So I, it's hard for me to believe. I believe some conspiracy theories. I know the league butt's head with the Saints. It's hard for me to believe sure. it could be orchestrated from crew to crew. I mean, they – Officials, as we know, uh, you know they, they have some trouble with consistency sometimes. To think they could like orchestrate this widespread secret vendetta against the Saints, but you never know. Maybe maybe individual officials do. You know maybe there are some biases, and I, I don't know. Or maybe it's just the worst string of bad luck. Maybe it's a combination of all those things. But well, it could it's be and then yet then another we'll find- thing they've had to deal with among yeah. many other things that they've well, had
0: to deal with in recent years. Mike, I think we'll find out if it was an anti-Payton move or not after this after <laughs> when this season when Dennis Allen takes over, right? All of a sudden, all the calls start going the Saints' way. Yeah, We'll right. see how that kind of plays out. Uh, but talk about the legacy of Sean Payton. You, you covered him since his time here in New Orleans. Your thoughts?
8: I mean, legacy is the right word. Uh, he's never going to be forgotten around here. He changed the aura around this team. Um, not just winning, but the style of winning. I mean it's it's no coincidence that the thing he's most known for is an onside kick you know in the Super Bowl because that's the kind of guy he was. He was he was, you know, was the opposite of a wallflower, you know, he was aggressive, he was he was bombastic, you know, he was he, he you know, he was smart, he was looking for every angle, um you know, and 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 he put his stamp on this team. He gave them a uh, you know, a personality uh, and he gave him some incredible offense. I mean, his offense alone is Hall of Fame caliber, uh, and the way he ran his program as a head coach could be Hall of Fame caliber. You know, getting those two things uh, combined is is why they had one of the most special, you know, 15-year runs in NFL history. Yes.
0: Saints have chosen to elevate from within. Dennis Allen is the new head coach. Your thoughts on, on, on their decision to stay in-house?
8: Look, I can already see what the criticism will be if it doesn't work. Um, Breeze is gone, Peyton is gone. Stop trying to hold on to the past. You know, those days aren't. Those guys aren't coming back in the building. Stop trying to do it the way it was always done. It should be fresh. It should be different. I, I get all that, um, but Dennis Allen just made too much sense as a candidate. I was surprised he didn't get more attention from the you know, league wide. I I'd actually asked some questions and had some quotes stored up from him, you know, thinking maybe he would get hired this cycle by another team even before we knew Sean Baton was leaving. What he's done as a defensive coordinator has been outstanding. And then the Saints do want some continuity. They they are not blow this team up and do it a completely different way. They've said that over and over again. They think they're in a different situation than the teams that fired their coaches. They like the way they do things around here, and they especially like the way they've been doing things on defense. And then they valued his previous head coaching experience. Now, I totally get why going 8-28 and 28 with the Raiders made him a harder sell for other teams. You always want to either discover the next big thing or bring in the former Super Bowl-winning coach and get your fans excited. But I do think that experience, is probably invaluable. I would think a guy, you know, anything in life. If you if you had one shot at head coach, and now you're getting a second shot, I'm sure you learned a lot from that first shot. Um, so I think that's another boost for him.
0: Mike uh, Dennis Allen looks like he's made some moves on the offensive side. It's been reported that um, uh, Dan Downripple, the conditioning coach, uh, is out. Uh, Brendan Nugent, the offensive line coach, is out. Offensive analyst Jim Cheney is out. It was also reported that Curtis Johnson was being replaced as well, the wide receivers coach. Can you confirm any of those any of those um, uh, defections?
8: No, um, I can't. You know. Uh... I think that's all valid information. I can't confirm that it became official, and the only reason I would hesitate to say it's a hundred percent done deal is there's so many moving parts when you're building a staff. He might have been counting on someone coming in that didn't come in, you know. But uh, you know, nobody denied the firings. I think those firings are pretty obviously going to happen. I think I think the thing that might be more of the moving parts uh, from the reports are, you know, exactly what role Doug Marone's going to have. Exactly mm-hmm. what role Pete Carmichael's going to have. Um, that, that's the stuff that I think remains to be seen depending on, you know, whether he gets his target as offensive coordinator, which, you know, uh, that, that one hasn't even been reported. I'm not sure where they're going with right. that role.
0: Right, of course, Doug Marrone was an offensive coordinator. Uh, there, there's word that he's going to be the offensive line coach. That is not confirmed. John Morton comes back. He was the wide receiver coach for the two years. C.J. coached, um, was coaching at Tulane, uh, and of course, then he became the offensive coordinator for the Jets. There's some that say that he's going to be the new wide receivers coach. Uh, the Athletic just reported that Eric Bieniemy is staying with the Kansas City Chiefs as their offensive coordinator. Again, the the, the Saints have to. Um, have to uh, uh, have to at least um, interview two external minority candidates. They they did that on the defensive side uh, with uh, with a defensive back coach from the um, from the Lions. I haven't heard anything about the offensive side. Uh, what do, are you hearing any any names on, on defense or offense about the possibility of who may be the coordinators?
8: No, I mean, I have to think on defense. Uh, First of all, I'm not 100% sure on John Morton yet. Um, If he's coming back and what his role is going to be, the only one I confirmed was Doug Marone coming for sure, as I say, moving parts always. But uh, on defense, defense, it's, it's reminiscent to me of the head coaching search, which is they're going to be thorough, they're going to do their due diligence, they're going to consider outside options, but clearly the guy's to beat for that role are Ryan Nielsen and Chris Richard. And I think that'll be maybe one of Dennis Allen's toughest decisions. Mm-hmm. Those guys are both such excellent candidates that there might they might come with a risk that if they get passed over for the defensive coordinator job um, here, maybe they seek one elsewhere or, or seek a different role somewhere else. Um, and choosing between those two, I think, is very difficult. And I think, uh, I think it's obvious they've, they've promoted Ryan Nielsen a couple times to keep him away from other teams. would yes. be the natural promotion for him. But we know Chris Richard has already gotten two or three interviews to be a defensive coordinator elsewhere, and he's been a defensive coordinator, a really good one. Um, so two great candidates there. I think it would, somebody would, just just as was the case with their head coaching search, somebody is going to really have to wow them to, to knock out one of those guys.
0: And I would think Nielsen, you know, may may be a a choice because at least I get the impression from the press conference that Dennis Allen wants to continue to call the defense. And, you know, Richard has called a defense in 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 um, in Seattle. Maybe this is the next step for Nielsen uh, to at least be the coordinator, coordinator and then and then, you know, eventually maybe take over the play calling duties. But it sounds like Allen wants to continue to, to at least call the defense.
8: Yeah, he did not. He did not. He stopped short of saying he's definitely doing that, but he definitely made it clear that's, that's where he was leaning. He said, it's hard to give up your baby.
0: <laughs> yeah. O- offensively, doesn't it make sense to, to go with a protege of, uh, of Sean Payton, terminology not changing, playbook not changing, maybe some tweaks, or, is, or do you think he may go in opposite direction and go with, again, uh, just a whole new vision uh, and voice in, in, terms of, in terms of the offensive side of the ball?
8: I think everything's on the table there because, I mean, yeah, you could say they, you know, keep the system going, don't change the terminology. That all makes sense, but there's not a lot of continuity on this offense. I mean, we we don't know who the quarterback's going to be. We don't know who the receivers are going to be. You know, the left, we don't know who the left tackle's going to be. Uh, we don't know who the tight ends are going to be. Um, th- there's not a lot from last year's offense that has to be continued um, right now when it comes to personnel or certainly. Uh, results that we saw. So um I I could see everything being on the table, including a, a fairly substantial change up. But Dennis Allen did say he doesn't expect widespread change there. Um mm-hmm. and, you know, they are keeping a lot of guys on staff and and, sure. and some that they're bringing back have been here before. So it does not seem like they're you know, all of a sudden going like Air Coriel or run and shoot.
0: (laughs) Right. (laughs) You know, Mike, I, I did find it interesting, though, that Loomis said that it was a collaboration. He brought up Jeff Ireland. He brought up Kai Harley. He brought up Michael Parrington, you know, again, in the coaching search. He even mentioned they'd be great GMs. And then, of course, it was reported that, uh, that, uh, Dennis Allen is going to have a voice in the personnel decisions as well. So it sounds like at least Mickey Loomis this time around, he's looking for a collaboration of of individuals that are going to be involved in again the selection of uh, players on, on the college and pro level.
8: Yeah, I don't think I don't think anything will really change though. There, I mean, I guess the only thing the only thing that could have changed is Sean Payton had such a say in personnel. Sure. that maybe Dennis Allen would have less say in personnel. Um, but, but no, I thought that was one of the things that came out of the press conference, too. Somebody asked him that, and he said, oh, no. Like, that was one thing he didn't hesitate on. Like, the defensive play calling, he was a little hemming it on. But, personally, he mm-hmm. said, absolutely, I'm going to have a say in personnel. I think that is part of the role of a head coach. And that's that is the way they've always done it here. All of those people have, you know – Mickey Loomis, Jeff Ireland, Sean Payton, and then the pro personnel side, they've, they've done a really good job of collaborating, and that's one of those things where when they say they want continuity and they have a good culture here, it's one of those things. I see no reason why they would change that methodology.
0: Mike, what you got coming up for us on ESPN, and, and how can folks follow you on social media? Yeah,
8: well, I am going to do a little more research on Allen for a feature story probably by next week and, uh, uh, and then follow, you know, the, the coaching hires. And then very quickly we get into uh, free agency right around yeah. the corner. Uh, it's like, all right, got your coach. All right, now who's playing quarterback? <laughs> Those are yeah. Big questions that nobody asked about this team for 15 years and now boom, boom at the same time.
0: Yeah, ch- changing, uh, changing of an era, no doubt about it. Mike, as always, appreciate your time so much. Thanks so much for joining us. Thanks a lot, Eric. At Mike Triplett on ESPN on, on Twitter. That he, of course, ESPN is where you can find all his work. Don't forget about Southern Tire, family-owned and operated since 1972 by the Piazza family. Your one-stop shop for quality auto repairs and the best deals on tires. The largest selection of tires in the metropolitan area is something that fits everyone's budget. All the way up to 30 inches and financing is available. That's wheels and tires up to 30 inches. Then ASC certified technicians. Same diagnostic equipment you get the dealership and you got the Piazza family standing behind their work. Again, uh, we have damaged rims. They can repair those rims for you. That's Southern Tire Hickory and Airline in Metairie. Open Monday through Friday from 8 to 6. Saturday from 8 to 3. 504-737-1558 is the phone number. Go to southerntire.com for more information on everything, they all the service they provide for their customers. Uh, Southern Tire Hickory and Airline in Metairie. Owned by the piazza famous since 1972 Uh, of course our program is brought to you by the oceana family of restaurants oceana grill mambo's old new orleans cookery uh, and and of course bobby bear's cajun cannon restaurant get out there and enjoy a meal at one of the oceana family of restaurants open seven days a week and open late we'll be right back Yeah,
5: Finding the perfect romantic gift she'll love is easy at Diamonds Direct this Valentine's with an expanded selection of designer jewelry and our best offer ever, five years, zero interest financing. Your love is always our passion at Diamonds Direct, but especially on Valentine's Day. So we're holding nothing back. Pick any item, get our best value price, and spread your payments over five years with zero interest financing. Everything's included. Diamond stud earrings, diamond eternity bands, layered necklaces, pendants, bangles, colored and, of course, the largest selection of diamonds and engagement rings in America. And this weekend, we're also showcasing all new collections from our top designers, like Takori, Viraggio, Simon G., and others. No matter what you choose for the one you love, you'll get the best price and five years zero-interest financing. We're even open this Sunday with special pregame shopping hours 11 to 4. Get more details and even shop online at DiamondsDirect.com. Diamonds Direct, your love, our passion. Unapproved credit. If you're
4: looking for a local professional Louisiana contractor who has thousands of squares of material in stock right in our Luling warehouse, you have found him. We can get the material out to the job and we can get the job done. Han Roofing refuses to use the cheapest products they can find. Why would anyone want to shop for the cheapest price for their insurance company? Call Han Roofing today. The number is 504-737-2228. 504-737-2228.
0: If your A.C. breaks down, heater not working when you get home tonight, damn, man, don't even stress. Call my friends at Burkhardt. Fifteen trucks in the field, 30-minute courtesy call. Got an after-hour service for you as well. They'll get out there and get you up and running quickly, doing all the work that's necessary. That's Burkhardt Air Conditioning and Heating, acpromise.com, acpromise.com. Today's program has been brought to you by the Oceana Family of Restaurants, Oceana Grill, Mambo's. Bobby Bear's Cajun Cannon Restaurant and Old New Orleans Cookery. All are open seven days a week. All are open late. Get out there and enjoy a meal at the Oceana family of restaurants. Thanks to all the sponsors who sponsor our program. Go to ericasher.com. For a slideshow, the sponsors who sponsor our program, click on the icon on the the website. Take you right to their website. Everything you need to know about those sponsors right there at ericasher.com. Thank you for supporting those sponsors as well. I want to thank our guest today, Will Guillory. Gary Smith, Glenn Gilbo, Mike Triplett, also Rudy back in studio. Thanks so much for listening to the program. The podcast will be up about 20 minutes after the show ends. Garland Gillen joins me right now on the award-winning Inside New Orleans Sports on WLAE-TV. And coming up next, it's uh, Michael Green and Ken Trahan on Life Resources, Bottom Line Sports Hour. It's been a blast, New Orleans. Thanks so much. We'll see you tomorrow for the William Grant Family Stillers Friday Extravaganza at 4. Until then, my name is Eric Asher. From the dog catcher to the governor, that includes the mayor. They all got to go.
3: Your station for press.